Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Today's episode is brought to you by KiwiCo. You can get 30% off your first month on select crates at KiwiCo.com forward slash papaya. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash papaya. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, we're here. Oh my gosh, we're back. Okay, so. I'm very excited today because I was just a guest on her podcast, but I've been a fan of hers for basically ever, which we kind of unpacked last time we spoke. But welcome, Allison. I want to call you like the Allison Show, but like your name is legit Allison. Allison Show, Allison Party. You're the party of Instagram. You can call me want. I'll answer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so... Let's go back a little bit okay. because you are kind of like me. You're a little bit of an og but it's evolved so many times for you. So bring us back. Like, how did you even get started in this? And, you know, I've watched you evolve a few times. I've watched you go from cookie making to event planning and, and branding and all of that stuff. But kind of take us through the journey of like, why did you even get in this in the first place? Like what brought you on that desire and kind of bring us to where you are now? Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of, well, I don't know. It's hard to say a lot of people that I know, a lot of people I came up with, we started on blog. Right. And so it's basically Mm -hmm. the idea that you could have your own platform. You could have your own place to say what you wanted to say, share what you were excited about was the most exciting thing to me ever. And I felt a little embarrassed about it, a little stupid. Like at the time, like the people I knew who had blogs were all married. And it was like, they were sharing like their wedding pictures. And it was like, if you just as like a single woman were having a blog, like you must be a narcissist. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I get that. Maybe I just thought that because like, I'm always worried I'm a narcissist. My therapist has assured me means I'm not a narcissist. So (laughs) that's what it stemmed from was, so I get excited about something and then I immediately want to share it. 
And so having a stage, having a platform, having a blog was like, oh gosh, finally, okay, I have so many things to talk to you about, right? But like, (laughs) I was so excited to have this outlet. And I also love writing. I've always loved writing, always identified as a writer, even since I was a little girl. And so that I could publish myself was so exciting. So if you want to like fast forward that, right? Like my blog primarily was just an essay writing blog. Whenever in my branding workshops, whenever I talk about how I gave myself that permission to start was I tapped into, I was existential crisis in college. And so that means that I'm constantly going, but why, but why, you know? So I'm either like really excited or I'm not sure there's any reason to get out of bed. This is kind these are kind of the places where I live. Oh, I relate to that so it's like hard. The world is beautiful and the world needs you. But then also, is there a point to existing? <laughs> I get so excited. I show up on the blog. I'm sharing. And I, I realized the permission I gave myself to show up was my why was I believe in sharing love. You know, really like mm. cheesy, the Beatles, all you need is love. But I'm very cheesy and I'm fine with that. The reason is because in college, I just remember like fighting so many battles in my mind and being like, what do I believe? What do I not believe? Whatever I'm talking about that's the underlying factor. So when you say like you've watched me, I had an online course called Allison's Cookie Party. My blog used to share parties and tutorials. It, it started as an essay blog. Um, and I have a theory on that too. But the why has always been the same, which is why I teach branding. Because I then later realized that what I had built was a very, very solid brand that can pivot from vertical to vertical. I love teaching branding because I love the idea that you can feel called to do something. You can feel like you want to build something, but you're not sure what it is and that you can still take steps forward. And that's a lot of what I teach on. That's so cool. Cause a lot of people kind of get stuck there. I was reading this blog recently and it said that most people actually get stuck on like naming their blog, that they will stand stagnant for so long because they just don't have a name. And I teach branding principles. I teach social media principles. I teach what I know from my experience. And that's just one small part of what I do, right? It's evolved over the years. And here's the reason why I think it's evolved. One, I like a lot of variety. I like changing what I'm doing. I love creating. I like to be creative. I haven't really realized, like, I think I'm kind of like a rebellious teenager much more than I like to admit where I'm like, oh, you want me to do that thing? I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah, but it's funny watching you because when I say evolved, the one thing that seems so weird about it is you see it and you see it happening, but you're also so the same. Like, I think that's what I so in. I'm somebody who grew up and like I tried to do the cookie cutter life and always felt very like, foreign to it, if that makes sense. And now I really like, it's actually through my divorce that I ended up finding myself a little bit more, but really fell in love with mothering in a way that I liked. And I really looked up to somebody like you because it seemed like that's what you were doing too. And you were doing things like, I don't know, like your love for your nails and a big diet soda of any time. I was just like, man, like, right. And like, here I was like getting one bad comment about what I'm drinking. I'm like, okay, I'll never share that again. Like there's such an unapologetic side of you that really just opens up people to feel safe to be themselves, to parent the way they want to parent, to dance on their kitchen tables, which ended up being an entire movement that started what, like four or five years ago now? It's amazing to see how you've used kind of like what you inherently are and then applying it into business because I think so many women get into business and they stifle who they are in order to be more palatable for whatever it is that they're doing. And you've kind of like 
cut that out and you've kind of shown how beneficial it can be to be yourself and how actually empowering it is and financially sound it is to to tap into that. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I love that you see that from the outside, but of course, from the inside, I saw a friend yesterday, like just in passing, you know, it's so crazy to see anyone. Oh, right now. You never see you never anyone. See anybody. <laughs> and I was like, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And her husband said, you know, it feels like we're drowning. And I was like, that's so often exactly how success feels. Yeah. Right? Like, the concept to me that I love that you shared is this idea that in order to be successful, and so whether people do a business or whether they do um, being a parent, that in order to be successful, we need to inhabit a set of traits. We need to become a future version of ourselves. All of those things are essentially saying you can't be who you are right now and be successful. Uh, and what I started to realize, right? Like what I started to realize was even with all of this like improvement, I want to be the best version of myself. That is still saying that this current version, the version I inhabit in this moment is not good enough. I cannot have what I want. It will not be enough. It isn't enough. Dear goodness. Shit. But isn't it true? Shit, yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, what? What just happened? This is the crazy, crazy thing, right? Like the more success you get and you are getting, you are very successful. So like, I'm sure you can see this. Sometimes it's easier to be free and wild and be yourself with no expectations and no success. And what I've spent probably the last three or four years doing is understanding how to do what I love. I already built the thing. I'm doing the thing. But now how to do it in a way that is sustainable, in a way where I'm not having anxiety attacks, in a way where I enjoy it. And I really, really live with so much more ease and I don't push and push and push myself like I used to. If there's like one message I could share over and over and over again right now, it's that you can do great things with ease. Ah, uh, yes. There's this every day we're waking up and it's Groundhog Day and we're supposed to have inventive ideas and new content and we've got people waiting and responding for it. That pressure's not been from anybody else. We're putting it on ourselves to kind of level up. Everyone's scared about their job. So everyone's trying to be at their top performing while being in like the weirdest of circumstances. So it's really hard to see that success can come with ease. And and truly that's kind of, you know, been my whole path. But then as I got here, it never feels better. It always feels kind of like you're drowning. It kind of feels like, is it ever going to be enough? Am I ever going to be enough? So to put that context behind it. And then when I watch women who, you know, are even more successful than I am, if I actually were to study them, they're doing less. And I think there's something about that. Like they're not pumping out three things a day. They're not you know, tackling all of their emails, they're delegating and they're taking time. We all think that's because they got to a certain point that they got to have that. But the fact is for many, it's just that they have already begun inhabiting the things that we all should be doing, even at, you know, the slow points, because the glamorization of hustle really has been hard for me to kind of comprehend over the years. And as things have grown. All right, let's take a quick break from the show to talk about today's sponsor, KiwiCo. Now you've heard me talk about KiwiCo before. It is a subscription-based 
science and art projects delivered to your door every month. And parents, you might feel like your kid's summer vacation started way too early if you've been at home together, and now actual summer vacation is here, or it's right around the corner. Learning at home doesn't have to stop for summer. And in fact, here's a really fun way to learn at home. Believe it or not, a lot of kids are missing school right now as we head into summer break. Well, listen close if you know a kid learning at home because this company, KiwiCo, can offer a science fair or art class right to your door. I was surprised by how much I loved this even as an adult. My kids and I worked on projects together, art projects, science projects, just to see how proud they were of doing that work and to have it delivered to us so we didn't have to go to a craft store and find all the supplies and you know hope that they were in stock. Like so many craft stores are out of stock right now. It was really nice to have everything delivered right at home. What I really loved was how long the kids actually spent on their projects. It seemed to take up a good chunk of the afternoon. So I wasn't left scrambling, finding things for them to keep their minds active and motivated. And you can do your part to encourage your children to be innovators and creative thinkers. They won't believe what they can build and accomplish with KiwiCo. When they're finished, you can see their confidence soar and their smiles grow. And as a parent, it can be really hard to find new ways to be creative and keep your kids busy and challenged, especially during those long summer days. So KiwiCo does all the legwork for you. So you can actually spend quality time tackling projects together at home. There are different crates for different kids of all ages. So there's something for every kid on your list and there's no commitment. So you can pause or cancel anytime. KiwiCo is redefining play with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or the kid at heart at KiwiCo. And you can get 30% off your first month on select crates at kiwico.com forward slash papaya. That's K-I-W-I-C-O.com slash papaya. Now let's get back to the show. Hey guys, it's Gabby from What's Gabby Cooking, and I figured we've all got a little extra time on our hands right now. Hello, social distancing. So what better time to start a podcast than now? Come hang every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the foreseeable future while we learn how to put those staple ingredients from your pantry to work. I'll be taking calls every podcast to answer your burning questions on what to make with a mishmash of ingredients, along with talking tips and tricks in the kitchen, how to do easy substitutions and different recipes, and who knows what else. Corona quarantine, here we come. It really is a glamorization of hustle. Mm. And I mean, think about it. You can't go to like a craft store without having hustle embroidered on 30 different pillows, right? And like, it's literally so prevalent. It's in the craft stores. That's when you know it's hit everywhere. Because 65-year-old women who are doing cross-stitching are being fed the message that they need a hustle <laughs> at the craft store. Like, I literally was at, like, a Hobby Lobby. And I was like, this, this is a sickness. This is a disease. This is a disease. And I work. I accomplish. I do things. Like, I did a live today. And I was like, I don't want anyone to think... I'm like telling everyone to take a break and chill. And then I get off and I'm like, I got all those suckers to slow down. Now I'm going to go do 300 things, right? Like I'm practicing this, but like, this is the question I've asked thousands of people and I want everyone to ask it of themselves. The things in your life that have like worked out, 
Are they things that you pushed and forced and coerced and micromanaged and stressed about? Or are they things that flowed into place? Mm. And the overwhelming response is, I actually thought I had to figure the thing out, but it figured itself out. I was just having this conversation with a musician. She was on my podcast last and she talked about how like she used to go through all these auditions, got rejected at everything, all these things, and literally got discovered because some guy heard her through the wall at one of her auditions and like brought her in. Like it just freaks me out. But at the same time, it makes so much sense because it seems to be that is such a repetitive story. So I'm glad you brought that up because I think there is like whatever your system of belief is, there is something very cosmic to timing and to why things happen in the time they do. And I believe to bring purpose to a specific time zone, but in terms of going through and like hustling through and doing all this stuff, I have to bring up this story. You knew I was going to bring it up, but you went through, you know, you were postpartum, all your babies and you picked up running. And I was like, I've never seen somebody like go after something. Like you were a runner. You went from like, I didn't never saw you running. And then you're like, I'm a runner. And then you became a runner. Well, and the thing is, is like, I've run multiple marathons. I've run my whole life. First day I'm pregnant, it's like three Panda Express meals and donuts later and I'm done. I had to let it go. And then I like, I, I don't want to say fought, but like I worked hard to get it back in my life. So it was even like this long lost love that I cherished with my whole heart to have back finally. I don't relate to that whatsoever. That's okay. That's okay. Running's like not, (laughs) running's not for me. I'll do almost anything but running. Like I've tried so many times. It's not my thing. One thing I loved about you that was when you were going through your postpartum seasons and stuff like that, you never shied away from like tight clothes and like outlandish outfits and like you owned every bit of it. And I watched every other woman be like sad and apologetic and like oversized. And I get it like comfort first, but like you were like, nope, this is me. So when you were going through this like fitness transformation in a way, it was almost refreshing because it didn't really feel like you were suddenly becoming a different person. It just seemed like another avenue of you. But when we talk about slowing down, tell us what happened. (laughs) So there's slowing down and then there's a dead stop. So I really, it wasn't just the running, like it was a very conscious decision for me based on my past life experience with being on diets and diet pills from the age of like nine, right? Where I was like, I didn't specifically, I didn't show before or after pictures, not to shame anyone. Like this was a specific choice I made for me was after I had babies, I'd show up and do my dance parties and get on stage and it didn't matter what I weighed. and then. If I was a different size at the next dance party, I just was a different size. Like it didn't mean anything. And that's that's what I was internally tr- trying to make true. So externally, that's what I tried to practice. Right, right. I love that. And that's not to say I always, always was perfect I'm or still perfect at it internally. I had all this momentum, building a team, hiring my first employees, making more money, having some successful launches. Finally, finally. I mean, I've been doing this for 12, 13 years finally starting to build this momentum and I've had my last baby and I'm doing my gratitude practices and I'm not having anxiety attacks and I am just, oh, let me teach you how to think like me because I'm so together now. And I am like literally like running up hills. Like, I mean, I guess people won't be able to relate to me anymore because I'm so mentally healthy. Like, how am I going to do my career? Like, I, I, that's a true thought. I had. That's a truth. Oh, I feel bad laughing. <laughs> No, it's really funny. It's very funny because that's like, 
you know, it's like so good. Like I now that I know my true principles, I am a robot of mental health and I will be the perfect robot. I still go there often and I have to be like, no, you're a human, not a robot. I had been running and I was finally starting to train a marathon again. And I was up to about 10 miles in really great shape. And it was five days before Christmas. This is the end of 2017. So just almost two and a half years ago. And I went running and I'm a very intuition driven person. I'm very spiritual. People are like, is it religious? I'm like, if you, if that means negative things to you, then no. But I had literally like prayed and thought about like, which direction should I run? And I had been feeling this slow down, slow down. I had just signed my biggest contract I'd ever gotten with a company for corporate consulting. And I had my meeting that day. And I was like, to to finalize this huge contract, right? I go for my run. It's five days before Christmas. So you're busy, busy, busy in your head. On my run, a car took a corner too quickly. I was running in the shoulder because there's no sidewalks on the road. And I saw the car. I watched it hit me. I couldn't jump out of place. I couldn't, there was not, like, she just didn't see me. And the way the road was, like, she turned, but by the time she had turned, it was too late. I couldn't see the car she didn't see me and she hit me. So I'm running and I got hit by a car. And what ended up happening is, you know, I was taken by ambulance and I had two broken ribs, but they're like in my back. Like, so okay, the, I didn't know ribs, ribs were back yeah. there. I didn't know that. Don't well, it's, a cage. <laughs> it's a cage. They're like ribs. I'm like, but I can breathe. No. So, um, and some vertebrae in my neck, like I had my head, it wasn't like cracked open, like brains were spilling out. I had to get stitches by my eyebrow. You can still see a little bit of a scar. So on the one hand, I was sufficiently hit by a car. Like I wasn't bumped. I was hit. Right. On the other hand, I didn't lose limbs, all these different things. Right. What that resulted in is two years before I could really run again. It's been two and a half years And about two months in bed, like I still have pain from my injury, like lots of physical therapy, but it was amazing because, and you said this in my podcast and I've been quoting you nonstop. Do you know? I quote you all the time. And what you said was not that everything bad happens to us for a reason. We don't have to think all these bad things happen for a reason, but we can still like find meaning in it. And I love that. And I've been sharing that over and over again with people because you know, I went on one podcast and she's like, it sounds like you were grateful to get hit by a car. And I'm like, I don't feel like I want to say that. It was also like a while ago. So it was a little fresher where I was like, that wasn't what I was trying to convey. But lessons that I learned about slowing down, about how to listen to your body, about how to be in your body. Like I realized the amount of hustle, the amount of pushing, even in my most mentally healthy state that I thought I was in, the amount that I beat the living crap out of myself to get stuff done yeah. was insane. Yes. I didn't realize it until I was out of the relationship by force, by being put in bed. Right. I watched myself after being hit by a car think, well, you better get up and go do something. Because my first thought, my first thought laying on the ground, watching blood pool around my head, not able to move. My very first thought was, it's not that much blood. I can probably still make my one o'clock meeting. That was my first thought. It's not, oh, Allison, you are just so, oh, it's not that much blood. I even remember. You can still make your meeting. Like there are certain things that you just remember. And I remember the post 
where you were just like, so matter of fact, you just like took a picture, you're in the hospital bed and you're like, I was hit by a car. And it was like, what? <laughs> like, how were you? So you were so matter of fact about it. Like I have been hit by a car. There was no, like, it was such a, an amazing journey. How realistic you were. And also like, yeah, like to understand that you were still trying to like create this hustle and create this busyness within everything else. And I think that that's where there's this whole thing where I realize more and more and more that like women have the ability to do so much. We can do so much. And it's very predatory that the industry kind of is like, you're capable of doing a lot. You should be doing a lot, but that doesn't mean that we should be doing a lot. And we actually have to push back on like, if we're working so hard. Like when do we actually get to live a life? And I love, like, it's often referred to for men. Cause they're like, you know, you drive, you work long days to drive a car, to go to your job, to live in a house that you never see, that you never get to be a participant in. But I think it's the same for women. It's just that we happen to be rooted at home a little bit more, but we're not actually participants. It's like this, that, this, that's like plate is so, so, so full until it's like broken, you know? And it feels so, it just feels like it's on repeat. And I think that what I love about what you're preaching is very counteractive to that. Because I think that when I say predatory, I mean, when you look at the entrepreneurship of women, they are pushed to just work and work and work and work and hustle. And if you just have the hustle, you're going to do it. And I think the other day, somebody used the word tenacity instead of hustle. And I was like, that makes more sense to me because it's more of like the grit of going through, not necessarily just doing as much as humanly possible so that you don't even get to enjoy life. So it's been two and a half years. Where's your business now? How much has it shifted for you after that massive life lesson that literally hit you in the body? Here's the thing that people will find themselves in. And I'm absolutely positive you've been there. Something big happens and you're a human who uses social media, whether you're a human who business is related to social media or you're just on social media And you're like, how do I share this on social media? I actually am very surprised. Usually when I have a big thing happen, I go in and I don't talk to anyone. Yeah, that's me too. So the fact that I immediately shared on social media, I'd been hit by a car. It's easier for me to look back and be like, I was in shock. Mm. Like actual physical head trauma hit by a car, shock. And so you see someone maybe with a cancer diagnosis, you see someone going through a hard time, you see someone who lost a loved one and you see them sharing on social media and you judge how they're processing. It's easy to do, right? Like I actually got some of the meanest really things that have ever been said to me were people telling me they didn't like how, how I'd been hit by a car basically. So it's so hard to offend me. Like I'm a bit of a storyteller. Like when I was dating my husband, we kept it like off social media for a while. And like, I felt every day of my life, I was lying. Like, that's how I felt. Cause I was like, these are my people. I can't lie to them. I was just like waiting to like feel that like pressure of like, like when I told people, I thought everyone was going to be so mad at me. So I didn't really get that from that at all. But like, that's so shocking to hear that people were actually upset about it. Also, to be fair, I was in a very vulnerable place Maybe I wouldn't think what they said was that mean, but at the time it felt really, really mean. And so you show up online. What does your business look like? Honestly, I feel like because I was in a very healthy place when it happened, you know, obviously as we always can, the best I could, but I still can look back and see how hard I pushed to just be like, I'm okay. I got hit by a car. I learned some great life lessons and like, I can still speak on stages. So what happened is all of 2018, 
I did a ton. Like I did a podcast tour. I did all of these workshops in a great deal of pain. And in 2019, I spent, which was last year, I realized I probably was in like a six month depression. I'd say like September, October, November of 2019. Um, And again, I'm still working this whole time. Mostly I'd go to work, I'd travel, I'd do a keynote, I feel good. And then I'd just go home and get back in bed. And that was the only energy I had was for that. And I didn't even almost realize for a while, oh, I think like I'm in this a little bit of depression um, or in some cases, a lot of depression because I can still function at a pretty high level because again, I've had a crazy abusive relationship with myself. It's so true. I remember one time my sister and I both got pneumonia at the exact same time. And I remember being so angry with her because I couldn't even get out of bed. Angry with her, like not even fairly, but I couldn't even get out of bed. And she was like going for walks. She was doing this. And she had what was called walking pneumonia when I had like lay in bed with 105 fever pneumonia. And I was like, how could we have the same thing and be responding so differently? But I've learned that with mental health too, like anxiety can feel like an overwhelming wave for some people. And it's like a curl up in a ball. And other people are like, great, this is my energy. I'm going to use it. I'm going to push forward with it. Like, yes, I'm feeling depressed, but I feed off of people. There's like different levels of how people cope and understanding that that's still mental illness. That's still mental health issues. They're not invalidating one to the other because the response of the person. So I think it's actually, I think it's actually really refreshing to hear somebody like you, you know, has this bubbly personality to also deal with mental health issues because we assume that like it's invalid because you're such a positive person that you couldn't possibly have negative thoughts. You're a bubbly person. How is that depression? But oftentimes those are the people that we, because we were so dismissive of it, don't even see the problem. Don't even allow that space for it. And it's a big issue. So I think that's a really important thing for a lot of people to hear is that you can actually have both. You can be having like a walking depression or walking anxiety, just like you can have walking pneumonia and other people are laid up in bed. And I love that you say that because honestly, what happened in 2019 is my tolerance for treating myself like crap was gone. I no longer tolerate ignoring my body And so I think when we talk about mental health and we talk about personal growth and all of the things that I talk about all the time, right? These are my little bits of armor I'm putting on to keep myself from feeling any of these negative emotions, to keep myself from having any of these hard things happen. But in reality, what you're doing is you're building up a toolkit. You're building up a tool set to just navigate life, period. Good quote unquote good, quote unquote bad, like label it, don't label it. This is something I've been working on is not using the language of fixing or getting through or, but just navigating. And so it was such a different experience to have this depression and to feel low in 2019 than it's been my entire life. And it's because I just was like, I don't want to share on the internet anymore. I'm not going to be in stories all day, every day. I don't want to talk all day, every day. And guess what happened? I didn't grow as much. My views went down. I didn't grow. And you want to know what I realized? And I think you're really going to appreciate this is I wanted to use social media in a healthy way, but it was like, I wanted to treat my body. Like let's use the diet analogy. Yep. I wanted to treat my body with love and respect, but get the results of a binge diet. Ah, yes. And I thought, I'm like, if I just use social media in a really healthy way for me and create these healthy boundaries, because 
my addiction to the feedback loop, I've realized truly really is akin to like that of an alcoholic in that some people can show up on social media and not get so caught up. And I got to get back to all these comments and loop, loop, loop. And I'm like, I can't have one casual drink without a lot of parameters. Right. And I've realized this about myself where I was like, part of the healing for me over the last years has been taking a step back. And I thought that if I took a step back, grow like crazy and get all the job opportunities. And again, things have gone really well. Like there's so many things that are going well, but like, I've just noticed this in the last couple of weeks. And again, I really, really hope not to like minimize addiction. It all goes back to, I'm excited. When I'm excited, I like to share. When I share, I interact with people. But then when I interact with people, I'm a pleaser and there's expectations and then I get sucked in. So learning how to do that in a healthy way, that has been what my reality looks like the last few months is what systems, what ways can I share? What ways can I show up and serve in this healthy way? I love my life and it's not a perfect life, but like I love my friends. I enjoy my ups. I enjoy my downs. And maybe everybody doesn't approve of me, but I approve of me. And that's really, really not easy to say for a lot of people. And so that's why I feel so confident teaching what I teach is because I don't feel like a fraud. You know, when you talk about like you didn't want to minimize, you know, other forms of addiction and stuff, there's actually psychological diagnoses coming out now that refer to social media. The fact that there is actually something, I don't know what it's called, but it refers to like the body dysmorphic thoughts that young girls and boys are having because of the Snapchat filters, how much they alter their look, that they don't actually feel good about their own reflection anymore because they're so used to filtering it. And so there's a lot of psychological diagnoses that are coming out from social media. And because we're kind of like the generation that's like the guinea pig test zone. We don't really have a lot of support and equipment coming out. We're seeing it over and over. We're seeing online fatigue. We're seeing people drop off for six months, come back and say like, okay, I'm okay now. And then drop off again. It's a cycle and it is a loop. It's a difficult thing because when you talk about social media and the fact that it is very validating to who you are and what you do, but at the same time, it's a business. So when you've structured it like a business, it's important to read those analytics. It's important to pay attention to those numbers. But then it's actually you that you're talking about. So there's like a messed up in between that really still hasn't been solved yet. So I actually really admire the fact that you were able to start seeing it and respecting it in the sense of like where your limits were and not chasing that number, not chasing that. And actually like same as like the person who goes and works, you know, 90 hour weeks for the big house and the nice car that they never get to enjoy. Why do all of these things if you're never actually getting to enjoy the life that you're sharing so much about? It makes so much sense. But I have to ask, like, where does that leave you for business? I want to start asking this more because I think that the more we understand how business works for women, and especially in the realm of social media, the more we can show up and actually support each other in it. So how has it worked for you in terms of like, how do you make money now? Like, how is it working for you? I have a lot of different revenue streams. I have a ton of different revenue streams. And with the pandemic, I've never been more grateful to have so many different revenue streams. Yes. I I kept beating myself up about it. You need to niche down. You need to not be so scattered. And now I'm like, yay me. Um, All over the place. (laughs) Yeah. And so it really ebbs and flows. Ways that I make money. Number one, 
I do corporate consulting. That's been a great thing that has only happened because I created a how to build an awesome brand workshop. I've taught that workshop. It's a 10 hour workshop. It's all unique content. It's a hundred page workbook. It's like a book. It's curriculum. How to build a business from a place of healthy parameters because of exactly what you just said, because I was so unhealthy because people do one of two things. They put all of themselves or quote unquote too much. They make the business too personal or they make it not not personal enough. And that's when they don't have engagement. That's when they don't feel like they have raving fans. They just have transactions, right? So what I do is I help people understand how to put pieces of you in the business, but it's not you. It's just pieces of you. It's aspects. Yes. 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 So because of that course, I launched an online course about how to work with influencers and about how to work with brands because so many people at the branding course didn't understand that. Yes, yes. And so many influencers are not told how to even do their job. That's so smart. So those online courses, I interview industry experts. I update them every time I launch them so they stay really relevant. So it's not like, here's hacks. It's like, here's best practices from industry experts. So those online courses make money. The consulting I now do on a corporate level, I do a lot of consulting for direct sales companies because those companies, all of their consultants have personal brands. So that's Allison's Brand School. I make money through online courses in the past in-person workshops. And then I have a few corporate consulting contracts. So currently right now, I'm so blessed and lucky to have two high profile consulting contracts where I'm creating online trainings for thousands and thousands of consultants. That's actually so cool because you went from teaching what you were doing on stage, putting it into a book. I actually talked to a woman on my podcast a couple of weeks ago about like her business went from like a curriculum that she started for schools into being like, all of the states wanted this curriculum. And then she became like this, an entrepreneur out of like writing it down, what she was saying, writing it down. So you kind of have done the same thing, which roots you into a healthier place where obviously your value is still in your energy and being on those stages. But in a time like now, isn't a make or break. You still have the ability to thrive. So this year for 2020, I was like so excited because I love speaking. I love speaking. And I've been keynote speaking for years. And it's like, I built it up to a certain place. And I had at least a dozen keynotes booked for the first half of the year, all on large stages I was super excited about. So a lot of those had to be changed, right? Like, so, but the keynote speaking is another way that I make money. Now, when I speak, I'm mostly speaking about things I talk about on my podcast, which is Awesome with Allison, which is how to feel a little more awesome than you did before. Yeah, love that. So it's the Allison Show is where I share personal development, tools for feeling awesome. And right now in the Allison Show, like how I'm making money there is I have a new journal that I launched. I'm doing Awesome Journal. And I actually randomly crazy that it happened during the the pandemic. I I had these t-shirts. And so I work with a fulfillment center, right? So that's a monetization revenue, you know? And then I also do, I do events. So I host my own events. Now, before we wrap this up, why the Allison show? Because I remember when you, this, I feel like such a creep when I'm like, I remember when you- I'm so honored. (laughs) I remember when you went in and you got yourself incorporated. Oh, LLC. Why the Allison show? I come from an advertising background. I had an Etsy shop. I had a blog. It was called She Blogs, She Blogs. She Crafts, She Crafts. Sprinkles the Pony, my Etsy shops, all these different things, the little tiny. And I'd go to events. And so I wanted people to know my name. People are always telling me I'm, let's just say too much. And I've come to terms with that where I'm like, 
too much for you, but not enough for me. So back off. Right. And just right for my husband, you're welcome. And I put my name in the show, right? The Allison show. And it's like, I gave myself my own show. So now when I talk about it and I thought about changing, so I have like um, an agent, like I'm, I'm going to do a book and I'm like, should it be Allison Faulkner? And I, you know, on and on. But at the end of the day, one of the three things I like about the Allison show is I gave myself my own show and that's freaking fine. It's amazing. It doesn't mean you're an attention whore. I am a middle child and you know how sick I am of people being like, oh, you want attention? I'm like, yeah, I did want attention because middle children get ignored. I, I've seen my middle child. My middle child like will light up a room if she doesn't get what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And I was made to feel so stupid about it. So the Allison show used to be kind of tongue in cheek, like, oh, I gave myself. And now I'm like, yeah, listen, if you want a stage, make yourself a stage. If you want a show, give yourself a show. And I still keep the name. On your book, you should just be Allison Faulkner, host of the Allison show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you want to know what, Sarah? I would love a television show. And it's like something I even stopped saying because I'm like, I'm 36. And if it hasn't happened, and then I was like, whatever. Thank you. I would be great. You'd be great. We'll, we'd be great together. Like, I love TV. Like every time I get invited on a talk show, I like mentally go through like little me self when I was like, yeah, I work on a TV show and I like get this whole thing. Like I, I love it. I, I love television. I know it's like kind of older media, but then it's kind of cool right now when we see like YouTubers are like got the nighttime shows and like we're seeing, we're like, hey, like we actually kind of made our own path. The people who went to school for it must like be so annoyed, but it just goes to show that you can be scrappy about it or you can go like a route where you go through the different education systems and like work your way up through things. You work your way up in different realms. And yeah, you gave yourself your own show. It's one of my favorite things about you. Tell everyone where we can find you. If you like podcasts, my podcast is called Awesome with Allison and that's Allison with one L. <laughs> and then and then on Instagram, I'm the Allison Show. And you know that song, uh, Heart to Break? It's like gonna give you my heart to break. Banana. Okay, so- this I really my, don't, but I enjoyed that. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's really good. Go look it up. It's like Kim Petra. It's um, hard to break. This is how I feel about Instagram right now is that like, I'm like, obviously I've been on Instagram for years, mm -hmm. right? But like, I'm back into a place with Instagram. Like I said, like I've had to really work on it where I'm like, Instagram, I'm ready to give you my heart to break again. I'm going to show up for you. I'm going to show up for you and I'm going to share from this healthy place because I actually know no one can break my heart if I don't allow them to, right? Like this whole thing. Could I just be a normal person and say the Allison show on Instagram? Maybe I'll try that next time. I don't know, but that's where I am on Instagram. I'm ready to see some more like crotch lunges on the kitchen table. If anything like that, ready for it. Honestly, it's been a delay. I was like, we're going to be half an hour. No, you and I will never be half an hour. I, I know, but that's it's a impossible. Goal. It's a great goal. But yes, thank you so much. You're so sweet. Okay, we'll see you next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at The Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.